no. Was I fucking muted the whole time? Yeah, it was so quiet. I was like, um, is I was one. I was just about to check to see what was going on because I was like, it's so quiet. When it pleases you, you want me. When it's easy to do, you love me. When you don't want anybody else to, you love me. When it Welcome to the Best Friends. Fuck. Did you hear that beep? Yes. <laughs> best Friends fan cast. I am Rafael Marquez Castaneda. I'm one of your hosts. Your other host, Lisa, is busy unblocking a canal. But to make up for the fact that we are down a, a host, did that on the muted one also. Oh, my God. I made sure to get a couple of great guests. First, welcome back, Leanne Ward. Hello. Those those horns are kind of like when you and Lisa are outside recording, so you don't even have to be outside to get the ambiance. Yeah, just uh, come over here to HP and uh, you'll hear a bunch of morons honking their horns. Man, I tell you, you know, people are like, wow, California is so great. Um it's just like Who says that? super no, just awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's a, full of fucking morons. Um, not speaking of that, <laughs> welcome back to the show, Toby. Hello, it's good to be back. And uh, when you say that she's unclogging the canal, I didn't realize that her maiden name was actually Suez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even uh, think of that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, today we're talking about the uh, Sarah Watkins episode and the Thursday show with uh, Josh Gondelman and Alicia Tobin. But first, before we do that, do you guys have any shout outs? Leanne? I do. Shout out to you, Rafi, for for saying that I needed to be on the show. And of course, I agreed because of Sarah Watkins. Um, and shout out to Lisa, who was smart enough to ditch us today. Um, but I miss you. And next time, I hope you're on when we're recording. Shout out to Lauren. Um, we're thinking of you. We love you. And also happy birthday on the day that we're recording. And shout out to Toby, because I'm excited to be on with you today. And shout out to all the Best Friend Fan Cast Facebook group. You guys are awesome. And that's it. And Toby? <laughs> Yeah, uh, shout out to you for hosting and uh, shout out to Lisa who couldn't be here. 
and uh, shout out to the that said ship driver in the Suez Canal for ruining lots of world shipping stuff. And uh, Leanne, I'm excited to be on with you as well. And also shout out to Lauren and happy birthday today on recording day. Yes. And I just have the one shout out to Lauren, Miss Mushroom, uh, the BFF sweetheart. Happy birthday. Um, you don't look a day over. <laughs> well, th- this was going to be a somewhat inside joke, so I shouldn't say it, but um, never mind. Well, I think you should. Nope. Happy birthday, <laughs> Lauren. That's uh, the important part. And before uh, anything, we need to get to some BFF hotline messages. Ooh. If you would like to leave one, the number, of course, is 818-BFF-0732. And we have a text message from the aforementioned Lauren. What's up? This is 610 till I die. I really enjoyed Rafi's childish chat. Way better than the lady. Plus a live song. Good stuff for exclamation points. Um, the hotline is for serious topics, you know, not prank calls like not for internet bullying don't call and hey whoa Ravi did a great job singing that's not what this is about uh 610 till i die so please don't ever text again if you're uh, just gonna lie to me also we've got a voicemail from i think you know who hello bffers out in the universe hey it's Delian. just wanted to check in um had a busy week so i don't have a lot to say but i just want to say enjoyed the episode last week so much Rafi and, and Lisa are funny as usual. I, I know for sure I laughed out loud a few times listening to you guys. It was so great to have Kelly on. She's always a, a fun uh, participant. Um, and, um, you know, it was nice to hear an episode where you're talking about the the, the old or most of the old gang, um, which makes it nice and reflective um, and enjoyable. You know, it's like old times, isn't it? It feels like a warm blanket. Anyway, uh, I will sign off now. Hope everyone's doing well and talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Thank you, Demian, for that message. If you would like to uh, leave a message, I already said the number and it's on the Facebook group. You know where to find it. You know this attitude that you're giving just to get people to <laughs> leave a message. I say we would love to get, uh, receive messages from you. Yes. And Rafi would love to provide that, that, uh, phone number for you again right Rafi no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> well it is 818 BFF 0732 but they already know that on to the Monday show initially I thought it was just going to be me and you Leanne and I was like we're gonna have no problem doing like three hours because no. the guest is one that we have requested as she mentioned when for years now when she was on Feliz Navipod um, I know I did. I don't know if you did I as did. well, but we reached out and we're like, well, Tony does a show with this dude who's married to Sarah Watkins, so she needs to be on. Um, Toby, were you familiar with her before this? I was, yeah. I am uh, not as big of a fan as you guys, but I'm <sighs> certainly a fan. I said not as big only because I don't know as much, but everything I've heard by her, I enjoy. Uh, and I think she's wonderful and she turned out to be a lovely guest as well okay great (laughs) so Leanne I was (laughs) I was going to text you or Lisa or somebody I was going to say I should just do Allison's 
um, booking because I just know when someone is going to be great. Mm-hmm. I just can really pick great guests. I, I know what her show needs. And then the Jensen Carp stuff happened. I thought of you when. Uh... <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe, boy. maybe I don't got it there JK. all the time. Well, I know it's. And she, unfortunately, she has. I feel like she has a really good sense of, you know, good guests and things like that. But sometimes people that she really likes and starts, uh, you know, kind of being on their side turn out to be not great people because did you see she did tweet about it before I think the allegations about him came out. Um, She tweeted on his side about, you know, making fun of the, uh, the cereal. What cereal was it again? I suddenly... Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's it, right. Making fun of them for how they um, responded to him. And then I think the allegations came out after that. So, yeah. you know, I guess when you're in when you're in entertainment like she is, you can't get them all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention it because I was such a big fan of his podcast, all the... Seinfeld art that I have is from his gallery, Gallery 1988, which I probably shouldn't be mentioning now. Um, <laughs> but just like a lot of, yeah, lot I didn't of, know he was like that. I, I mean, I could, I felt like he had a little bit of edge to him, but I didn't think I had no idea about that kind of stuff. And I was disappointed to to learn a while back that his wife, formerly Topanga of Boy Meets World, was at least in her younger days. A racist jerk and so that oh. disappointed me oh yeah like her co-star um can't remember her name she played angela on boy meets world definitely accused her and the uh, um the male co-star ben savage and other people of being really racist and mean to her while they were um filming while they were uh, filming the show hmm. oh wow so that was a disappointment too and i was like oof. Because I really loved Boy Meets World, you know, as a kid. Yeah, so I didn't like that. So they kind of, that family, the the carps need to work something, figure some things out about themselves. (laughs) And maybe they have, I don't know. Ali Siegel, who has been on Allison's show (laughs) and is still friends with Jensen. um, Mm -hmm. And she she worked at his gallery when I went one time. She was working. And also, Melissa Stetton was on Allison's show a long, long, long time ago. Oh, was she? Back when Ooh, she was still on Corolla's show, and mm. um, I was, and they, and they, the two of them have a podcast together. And I was thinking, if she really wants to, you know, get messy, she should invite the both of them on her show, and <laughs> that would so, be so. Oh, something. so Melissa Stetton and Ali Siegel have a show together now. Yes, I think it's called Web Crawlers. Yes, and- that's on the Erios um, network. And that's, I really love, that's uh, Amanda Lund and um, Maria Blasucci. They own that network. And I'm really, I've been trying to get Allison to get them on her show because they do that podcast that I love called The Big Ones. Um, but I didn't put those two names because Web Crawlers is too scary for me. So I, it's too disturbing for me. So I don't listen to it. But because uh, I'm a weak person. But um, but that's interesting. So Ali obviously has heard, I'm sure these um this information that Melissa Stetton had to say about Jensen before. 
I'm I, assuming. Yeah, I don't she know. She acted because, like she had said it before. Because when it happened, I started going down the rabbit hole on Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the the day that Melissa tweeted about it, um, Ali Siegel was in the comments saying, I love you. But the day before, she sent a screenshot of a joke that she sent Jensen. So I was like, mm, she must she, be. She may not have known. Yeah, yeah maybe possible. she I did. thought Melissa had said that she had said this before, maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. It's also possible that Allie sort of became friends with her afterwards. Right. Like in between those two times. The first time she said it and maybe and, and maybe missed. But you'd think if they're working together that. If Jensen, it's funny too when, because <clears throat> we're in the podcast world and that's how I know Jensen of Jensen. So it's funny when I read these articles and the headlines are like LA man or whatever, like as if nobody knows who he is. He's just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> All so, of the headlines have acted like he is just some guy. And so another uh, wrinkle in this story for me, my favorite hip hop podcast is called a waste of time with it's the real and it's the real is these two brothers in new york and they interview rappers people in the music business that you don't really know about but it's always a fantastic interview so i and part of the reason why i do my aka's is because of them the other half is because of Jesus and marrow but we'll talk about that on thursday um <laughs> and they used to have a podcast or like an internet show with Jensen called, um, oh, what the fuck was it called? I don't remember. Anyway, they used to have a show with him and I was, and from Jensen's podcast is how I learned of them and their podcast. Oh. I'm the, the only other Patreon that I pay for other than Allison's is theirs. And they do a weekly Zoom and it's tomorrow. Oh. And you better believe I'm going to be there trying to get the uh, hot goss. Because we know that you're willing to ask the crazy questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I Make will. Make a list of controversial Zoom topics you need to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is this will be the first time I do that uh, Zoom meeting. So I I, uh, I would hate to get on there for the first time and just be right. a, a messy bitch. But that's me. <laughs> like, I swear I've been a Patreon member of yours oh, for a while now I've i'm got not a the, troll i've got the dms from uh, right that's right so they know who you are them. yeah they, they kind of know um but yeah they also came out and said that jensen screwed over their friend and oh so they have stuff to say about him too yes so oh, okay they... yeah lots of people have things to say about him i saw yeah i was I, like wow I, I even asked them i was like oh whatever happened with you and jensen it seems like you know something happened there and, and they would they were always like super great about it they would say like oh you know he's doing his own thing we're doing our thing you know that's all but oh, it's, like, so it's it's always the poor woman who has to come out first and uh, then all these people are like oh yeah he did stuff to me too <laughs> but melissa had to be the the courageous one to say something yeah it feels like i know it wasn't a woman first in this case but it feels a lot like when kevin t porter said tell your worst Ellen stories. And it was right. like all of a sudden everybody had one. Although that was not a secret before he said it. Cause I remember Greg Fitzsimmons saying that years ago. Yeah. And I was surprised. Yeah. And yeah. who, who else, uh, someone kind of big that I like used to work on that show too. Um, was like a head, the head writer for a while. Who was that? 
Oh. If somebody said the person's name, I would. It's a female. Uh, well, I guess I won't waste time on figuring that out. But <laughs> yeah. somebody that I, if I said the name, you would know who I'm and I, who it was. Oh, Karen Kilgaroff. Or is that oh, her yeah. Kilgaroff. 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 Yeah. That's it. My that screen it. reader says Kilgaroff, but I know that's not right. Kilgaroff. <laughs> yeah. And she's very funny. I mean, I don't listen to to the. Um, my favorite murder. My favorite murder, because again, it would scare me too much. Um, and because I'm weak, but I think she's very funny. So when I learned that she was ahead, I want to know what she has had to say about that. I don't know if she has or not said much about it. <clears throat> well, I think that <laughs> that's enough. Anyway, uh, Sarah Watkins. No. <laughs> yes. Back to the Sarah show. Uh, at the beginning of the show, we got a Tony intro again. He is back for Monday shows and I'm very glad. I'm me too. <laughs> and we even got uh, an update. Not a termite update this time, but on slugs in her bathroom. Yes. I wonder if Demian was the person that she was talking about. I assume that was... so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why why didn't Demian, why did you not mention that in the voicemail? Right. Um, Demian call he, he maybe he's behind. <laughs> I think he's been behind sometimes. So Demian, true. Demian, I expect that you're gonna mention this next week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know about you guys. I wouldn't mind a slug so much. I'm going to, you know, speaking of being brave and, uh, you know, saying something when you see something, <laughs> Elizabeth murders slugs on the daily in front of her home. There are slugs all every morning, every she morning. She doesn't want them in her bathroom. And she goes out there and just stomps them like Godzilla on the poor Tokyo residents. Oh, and I think... Well. We need to cancel Lisa. <laughs> Are we canceling Elizabeth or Lisa? We're canceling <laughs> Lisa Sways Canal. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> um, how do very, you guys, top, very topical. <laughs> how do you guys feel about slugs in general? I think Gross. they're cute and I don't think they do anything bad. Cute. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want them in my house. I'm with... I'm with I'm with Allison. They were humane to their slug, it sounded like. Although I did laugh because when I was listening to the show again, I caught it again, where she said that Daniel and I took it outside. I'm like, it took two of you? I doubt that's what she really meant. But... I think she supervised and Daniel did the dirty work. <laughs> I just was surprised that Tony didn't. Uh, well, Tony sometimes will give her a hard time, but sometimes he doesn't. So I just thought that just caught, made me laugh. Yeah. Um... I think the slugs are harmless. Let them be. Well, I mean, I'm take, sure a, take them outside. But... Take them outside, sure. I mean, there's not much in your house that is going to interest them, but don't fucking stomp right. them, Lisa. They're not like termites. Yeah, Lisa, I love you, Lisa. And I don't have like a affinity for slugs, but explain yourself. <laughs> Sarah Watkins, I believe, is Allison's first Grammy Award winning guest. Um, right. She mentioned that the right. Yeah, she mentioned at the top that fans asked for her, and uh, that's us. <laughs> we're the fans, right? I our names were not were not mentioned there, but at least in Patreon, she acknowledged us. Yes, um, in the Patreon post. Allison started with a question about fiddle versus violin. I am I in the minority that I knew it was the same thing. Um. No, I I knew it was the same thing too, but I don't think that that 
fiddle as much in Allison's wheelhouse, maybe? I knew because I listened to bluegrass music. I've been to, you know, and so I probably looked that up a long time ago. Yeah, I always think of it as like uh, either Irish music or. Uh, I knew it was the same but, instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think of it as a style of playing, maybe more like. Yeah. 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 I'm I not thought, sure. in a way, it was a fair question, though, because I yeah. remember there was a time when I didn't know a long time ago. So. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought it was kind of funny that she was then she asked. Her, she asked her, how come in cartoons they play it like around their hip or <laughs> something like that? you think she was being funny when she said that? <laughs> I don't think so because that I, was I, watched, kind of funny to me. I watched the YouTube video and uh -huh. I was like, is, does she think that, do, I, I kind of, I think people will do this often. They think just because you know how to do something that you're like a historian on the subject. Right. Hmm. And I thought that was funny that she's asking her if if anyone actually plays it around the hip or if it's just cartoons. You know every fiddle slash violin player, correct? Yeah. <laughs> she's she's probably seen a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was funny. Yeah, she must have seen very many because she started playing at fiddle in camp. Nickel, yeah. <laughs> in Nickel Creek at eight years old. Yeah. Leanne, you're a country musician. Uh music writer and you're a fan of nickel creek uh what can you i didn't know them back then <laughs> i did not know of them back then i didn't know of them until honestly until their first album you know the first com commercially available album called nickel creek um and that was probably what 2000 maybe i don't remember the exact year exact year but um it was actually my sister who was like these people are great and I was and I listened to it at first and I wasn't really into bluegrass then so I was kind of like I, what what I mean I liked country music but not bluegrass because I was I liked pop country music back then and um so I didn't catch on right away but pretty soon after I did and now I forgot what your question was just tell us about your thoughts on Nickel Creek, your love oh. of them, because oh, I love I've Nickel never, Creek. I've never heard one of their albums. I'm a okay. walking solo artist type of fan. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to, I think if you're going to um, listen to a Nickel Creek album and it's, you want to base it on enjoying her solo work, you're probably going to want to do the last two albums. Pro the first one's super bluegrassy. Then they kind of, and Alison Krauss actually, um she is a big bluegrass person just in case you didn't know who she was um and has won many grammys herself actually produced them but she was more traditional when she produced them so they actually ended up parting ways with her when they wanted to go to a a little bit different sound that moved away from traditional bluegrass so if you're not really into that traditional bluegrass you're probably not going to love that first album too much although i think you still have a chance um but the thing that surprised me or the thing about Sarah Watkins that I didn't convey well at all in my question, and I was afraid that my question was kind of insulting, um, was that when she was in Nickel Creek, and she kind of referenced this, um, Chris Thiele and Sean Watkins were the ones that everyone kind of paid attention to. Mm. Um, 
And even I, same thing, Chris Thiele and, and, and Sean. And, you know, I liked Sarah Fine, but I liked them as a whole. But they were the two that I really thought were the standout people. And interestingly, now after, you know, Nickel Creek uh, <clears throat> disbanded and they've all gone on their own solo careers, I don't like anything that Sean Watkins has done on his own. I actually do like a lot of Chris Thiele stuff, but Sarah Watkins is the one that I absolutely love. And she, I feel like has made the most, even though she's right that Chris Thiele is an extraordinary um, musician, I think she's the most interesting. Um, and I think that she's grown the most. I really do. And she's actually my favorite of them now. And then, so then when I go back and listen to some of the Nickel Creek stuff, it's not as... Um, realized and solid as what she's done on her own but it's still good probably second album on but she doesn't she doesn't write really very much um for nickel creek and now she writes a lot of stuff so even as a songwriter i feel like she's really come into her own so i'm extremely impressed with her and she's really my favorite of the three now I thought it was really funny when she said that she was um, that she grew up thinking that she Chris Thiele was extraordinary and she was like or no that Chris Thiele was normal and she was subpar because she wasn't as good as him yeah because <laughs> that was pretty funny and then she learned oh wait actually he's extraordinary but you know t uh, Tony was like no you are too you know yeah. and I think Tony was right I mean they've got different they've got different strengths but she's so down to earth and I really encourage people to go listen to her on some other podcasts. Cause while she was great on Allison's her, I could, she seemed a little bit um, reserved and a little bit more shot. Cause she comes off as shy. I feel like, um, a, like when she was in nickel Creek, I thought she was kind of like the quiet shy one. But if you listen to her on other people, like Jordan, Jesse go, she was on, she is a guest on there. She was very funny. She was a guest on Chris Hardwick's podcast. She was funny there. And I was like, oh, she's funny. That's when I learned she was funny. But then on Felice Navi Pod, she is very funny on um, those episodes and just very loose. Yeah, I was going to say, listen to her on Felice <clears throat> Navi Pod. Um, I think she was on three times. The, the thing about Chris Thiele, because I, I'm not a fan of uh, Nickel Creek, but and I've only listened to like one Sean Watkins album and it was just not for me. It's just boring to me. <laughs> but the thing, <laughs> the thing about mandolin, it's kind of like banjo. Like even when I hear Bella Fleck playing, like it, it doesn't matter if it's the best player on earth. Like you could argue that Chris Thiele and Bella Fleck are the best at those instruments. It just still sounds kind of off to me. Like it doesn't sound perfect. Like when I hear Chet Atkins play, I'm like, there's no, like no mistakes are being made. But when I hear them, it's like, because the instrument is, I don't know how to describe it, but it just sounds not right. <laughs> and I don't know, I might get some hate for that. Well, do you think it's because it's, maybe it's a more complimentary uh, instrument? Like it doesn't, it's not a good solo instrument as much as it is like a piece of a puzzle? I guess so. 
Um, and maybe it's also, I think they have eight strings, if I'm correct. They do, yeah. So everything is doubled up. So it, they might be a lot harder to keep in tune through a recording session. I don't know. I feel like uh, maybe. I, I am a big fan of both of those instruments. So I don't have the same... Um, the same feeling when I hear it. So I don't know. The thing, the, what I'm just getting at is that Sarah is I get the what star you're and Chris Thiele can go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? Sarah is just so much, she just seems so much more down to earth. And as much as I enjoy Chris Thiele's music, some of it can be really hard to, um, it's not as accessible and he is not down to earth. I watched a documentary with him <laughs> with the Punch Brothers, and he's an intense dude. Um, so, like, he would even practice when he was like eating lunch. Like, he, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. So, Sarah's the one that I think I would enjoy. I enjoy her music the most now, but even just personality wise, she's just, I mean, he's very funny though, too, but. I don't know. It's it's interesting. So after her Nickel Creek days, she mentioned that the first time she played solo, her first instinct was to run, which I think is surprising for someone who's been playing in front of people since she was eight years old. Yeah, and I actually understood what she was saying there because I could imagine that after so many years of um, playing with other people kind of as a band and having those people on stage with you um, that it would be really weird to have to do it on your own, especially I think someone like her who did at some point seem to be more, seem to be more timid. I wonder what Chris Thiele would say about that. He probably felt the same way though. I, I would wonder. He, like, like you were saying, you were saying that he would practice playing when he was like eating food. I yeah. think for him, it, I think he could probably just literally block everything out and just play yeah, that's and just true. focus on that. Oh, that thing where she said that if she thinks about what she's doing and like even thinks, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good at this or I'm doing a good job or this is going great, then she like will mess up. It reminded me, um, it kind of, in a weird way, it reminded me of when I'm brailing something. If I like focus on what my fingers are doing and, I, and, and if I think something like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good at brailing, which I'm sorry to say I have thought that before, um, <laughs> then I'll mess up. It's very or if I'm just like kind of thinking about what my feeling or fingers are doing on the keys and and the speed I'm doing it at, then I end up messing up. So and I remember that, like no, uh, observing that about myself a while back. So that just kind of remind me of that. I mean, braille is not like a talent like her fiddle playing. Sarah mentioned that in Nickel Creek, precision was something that they kind of focused on. And Allison mm -hmm. mentioned that in the Angoras, that it was like the complete opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the same thing with Allison saying that when Yami was recording her trying to play a guitar part, that like she couldn't do it. And I feel like right. I am the same way. As soon as I know someone's watching me do something, it's it's I'm like Joe Biden climbing the stairs. <laughs> it's like I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like I've never done it before. Are you guys like that? Oh yeah, I've noticed uh, with especially with recording uh, that that happens a lot. Uh, if I'm recording 
any guitar or bass or anything like that. For some reason, even though I've practiced for days, I can't play the part when I know that I need to do it perfectly. And that I think the same thing probably goes back to the old, or that the last thing you were talking about where she, like you said, Leanne, if she was having an off night, other people in Nickel Creek could carry it. Uh, but there's something about performing by yourself that you can't look uh, to someone else to remember if this is the bar that you change on. Uh, you just have to know when it's yourself so that uh, any screw up is all on you when it's yourself versus when it's you're part of a band. Speaking of that, Toby, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it about a year ago that you released uh, some music? It was, yeah, just uh, just 13 months ago, roughly February 28th last year, right before the pandemic. Mm. An ideal time to That's everyone's story, try to start apparently. a new project. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, um, you know, shout out to Trice. He has been playing music on Instagram and doing some stuff on there. Oh, really? And I've just been seeing people being musical lately. And I'm like, man, I, I've been thinking for months like I should just start playing guitar again just getting back into it and so today I I did and I was trying to record Mm -hmm. myself playing something and let me tell you it was it was rough (laughs) don't take (laughs) four years off of like literally zero playing and then try to record yourself because it's a shit show but I I took a video and it was actually pretty funny (laughs) because I, I just start immediately losing my shit, which was pretty funny to me now. But in the moment, I was really annoyed. See, so you should um, insert that here. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Maybe. See I how I'm trying to that. produce your podcast today? Yeah. <laughs> your regular Tony Thaxton. Oh, I've, yes. Thanks. I've recently, uh, I got a ukulele for Christmas. And I've recently been playing that and learning songs. So I'm thinking on posting some covers, just uh, cover songs that I've been playing. I'm going to have to go on Instagram more because that's where everybody seems to have all the fun. (laughs) Yeah, now that they have this sort of different, there's there's reels for quick stuff, which is kind of like a TikTok or whatever. (laughs) And then there's like you can post longer full length videos now, which is nice. I love the ukulele. I gave mine to Jen's daughter, but I, I was considering buying a nicer one for myself. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I'm like, I know I'm going to buy it and I'm going to play it for like a day and then it's going to get tucked oh. away like the old guitar. So That's I, like with our kid. We bought her ukulele. She really <laughs> wanted one. And then she had it messed around with her for a couple of days. But <laughs> Leanne, I would love to be your kid. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you know what's so funny, and and you don't have to keep this, but earlier I said because I didn't know to- Toby that you were going to be on, so I said, um, "Oh, it's just going to be me and Rafi today," and she's like, uh, "Recording today." She's like, "Oh, that's too bad," and then I said, "Too bad? No, that that'll be it'll be fun." And then she's like, "Oh, how romantic!" And I said, "You don't want Rafi to be your daddy," and she said, and she she's she's like, "Ah." <laughs> I would be a great dad uh, because I'm sure I would, you would but actually I would not be in the picture and therefore you would raise her perfectly <laughs> by a great yourself dad. Uh, no she really needs a dad <laughs> I just get her merch from Red Rocks nothing else oh that's all she needs Tony mentioned that to play his best he needs to lose himself and he just kind of zones out 
I think I would assume a lot of musicians are that way. Um, yeah, just like I said, when I you're think thinking so, about yeah. it, you, you, you're going to mess up. But the fun, a story that I thought was funny is that Sarah said she'll be playing something perfectly. And if someone on stage or like in the crowd, they just yell like, woo, or yeah, she like gets thrown off and will mess up. And I thought that was so funny because whenever I'm at a show and there's like someone's like doing a solo and someone's like, woo, or yeah. I'm just like, calm down, dude. <laughs> but I didn't think it would actually affect the musician. But now we know maybe it does. Oh, my word. I was at this. And oh, by the way, I forgot to say that I have seen Sarah Watkins twice. And uh, I went to a solo show of hers when she put out her first album. And then I went to see her um, when she was touring with uh, Prairie Home Companion. and she was great in both of those but anyway um i went to a a kathy matea concert she's a country singer and this guy this was like an intimate venue like they only like i think 500 or less people and every after every song he would just say audibly like for everyone to hear beautiful (laughs) and it was so (laughs) annoying beautiful bill and i still will do that sometimes and we know what we're referring to (laughs) That's funny. And I'm sure it was weird for her. So unlike you, I've only gotten to see Sarah once live, and it was at oh, Redbox right. opening for John Prine, R.I.P. R.I.P. With I'm With Her. Yeah. And I actually made a friend. I don't even make oh. friends in like real life ever, period. We were That's there. <laughs> there was a guy who flew in from Oakland just for that. And he flew in like a day early because he thought the concert was the day before. Oh, and so oops. he had to stay another day or something. Um, and yeah, shout out to that guy, whatever his name was. But um, yeah, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, and you probably got to see, because the thing about Sarah is that she, each album that she, solo album that she has done, that she's done four, have been extre- quite different from each other. And, and so like she did a really pretty, uh, very country album for her first one. And so I thought that was great. Cause I like country, good country music a lot. And then the next one was not like that at all. And I was like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to like this, but then I ended up loving it. And then the next one was different. And I was like, am I going to like this? And I ended up loving it. And now this album that now that just was released yesterday, um, is a very different from those albums. This one's a soft, gentle, sweet album where the last two definitely were had more of an edge to it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, her first album, I think I've only heard it like once, maybe twice, and I don't love it. I, I don't think I remember it that well. Her second album is where I got, that's where I started pretty much, and yeah. I enjoy it. It's, yeah, like you said, every album She's is really different. coming to her own. <laughs> yeah, and she, so I was going to bring this up later, but she said, if you're in one band, you should be in two because like your role in one is going to be different from the other and it helps you grow as an artist and a musician. And I thought that I thought that was really interesting because her music is so different. I, I always feel bad for those bands. Like, like if you're Smash Mouth, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you must fucking hate life because everyone wants to hear All Star and you're mm-hmm. kind of a joke, 
you can't be like, oh, like today I want to make an, an, a ballad or something. Like people are like, do all star, fuck your right. other shit. So for someone like her to just do what she wants, like she's really, really lucky. And she's also lucky that she is that talented to be able to pull it off. Right, because I'll just follow her wherever she goes at this point. I'm just like, same. Any even songs that she's guested, if, if she's guesting on somebody else's, I know I'm gonna like it, and I do. Have you heard this song? I'm gonna have to send it to you. It's got, I think the album was called, I can't remember who's who, what who they are or anything. I don't know anything about them, but it's called, I think, another free woman walks away or something. It's a no. really interesting song, and she's. She sings on that, and I'm like, I don't know if I'd actually like this song without her, but with her, the song is great. I have to send so, that to you. So the way I learned of Sarah Watkins is because I am a Garfunkel and Oates fan, and Kate Micucci yes. was... Okay, so, man, this is a convoluted little story here, but the Watkins Family Hour, which is a show at Largo at the Coronet, which they mention... They have a residency there. It was briefly a podcast on the Nerdist Network. Mm -hmm. And on one of the episodes, Kate Micucci went and sang a song about a whale falling in (laughs) love with, I think, an elephant. And Sarah Watkins played the elephant, I want to say. And so when Kate Micucci tweeted this, I was like, well, I got to hear this ridiculous whale song. And that's how I learned of Sarah Watkins and her brother and the Watkins family hour and all that. And uh, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I I forgot what you said that made me think of this. Yeah. I don't think I would think, uh, you know, Oh, cause even song. Yeah. Right. She, anything she's on, she, it it ends up elevating the song. I feel like. Right. So stuff that aren't even, there's, I have so many songs that aren't from her regular albums that, are also great when she sings with john prine uh in spite of yourself like there's youtube videos of her doing that and rafa you probably actually saw her do it live i'm assuming um there's some kind of somewhat you know not not to your level raunchy but to to people who grew up in the christian community (laughs) did you call me raunchy (laughs) well things that you guys will say yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) you meant our level of raunchiness. I thought yes. you called me raunchy. Oh no, no, Rafi. I was like, me, I'm oh. losing it. No, <laughs> your level of raunchiness <laughs> um, is what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's your new nickname, Raunchy, instead of Rafi. Raunchy, <laughs> Raunchy C. See, now you know I've been listening. Um, but yeah, but she had, she, she did it like I don't know, ten years ago with him, and I feel like if she did it now. Because I, when she did it back then, she seemed a little bit like, eh, this is, I think, she, like, I think she would have been looser now if she was doing that. Did you see her do that with him um, when you saw them live? I, I hate to break your heart, Leanne. Did I, you not stay for him? I had to work that night. Oh. And I stayed for an hour of his show and John Prine's music just was not for me. I just That's didn't sad. get into it. And I, I was, I knew that they were, that I'm with her was going to come out and do a song with him. And I was trying as long as I could to stay, mm-hmm. but I missed you it. didn't get to. Yeah. And she probably would have done one. Oh, it's on YouTube. It was Red Rocks, right? 
Yes. I think some somebody recorded stuff from that, I believe. And it's on YouTube. So I, I don't have, remember what they did together there, but. I have the whole I'm with her set on my phone because I oh. voice memo recorded it. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound great, but every now and then I will listen to it and be like, man, I was there for that. That's cool. Lucky. Allison asked her, she often asks her guests what their childhood was like, but she asked her, did you have a normal childhood? <laughs> and Sarah said, you know, kind of yes and kind of no, because she she didn't really have a lot of friends. She was the kid who spent time with the teachers during recess. But when she was at the pizza parlor, she had tons of friends. They just happened right. to be 70 years old, which I thought was. Or at fiddle camp, <laughs> yeah, which still makes camp. me laugh. Um, and, and one of the things that she said that made me laugh was uh, that no, none of the other kids wanted to clean the chalkboards with her. <laughs> <laughs> she was, yeah, literally cleaning the chalkboard. <laughs> That's how cool she was. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I just related to that, like just the troublemaking friends, but not because I was like a super prodigious child just because I was a dork <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um, she met her now husband, Todd, through mutual friends, and he is a friend of Tony's. I was I was thinking when I asked my question, I was thinking of mentioning that he was the guitar tech for Chickenfoot. <laughs> Chickenfoot and Switchfoot. Oh, Switchfoot. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say that. Oh, God. I would have really, really embarrassed myself. Um, so, yeah, I thought you... Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um todd is very funny and if and and rafi knows this but if you go and listen to him on felice navi pod um he will say that sarah uh he'll he'll paint sarah as like just someone who gets in who's like not <laughs> amused by him <laughs> yes well on on one of the felice navi pod episodes that she's on <laughs> Like he does make a lot of dumb jokes and you could, yes. I, I feel like I could just see her face like looking yeah. at him like, oh my God. Yeah. And, and, but one time she came and she's like, I have to come on here and defend myself. And there's this yeah. whole thing about being, about being jolly. She's like, I'm jolly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she's just very funny on these. She's just more li like, again, I thought she was good on Allison's show and it was a great episode, but she was more serious there really. Um, I think actually when she was the least serious was with Tony, which because they're friends. So I, so I would have. And let me just say this. I've been listening to some Felice Navi pod episodes recently. And Tony is a completely different person than what you yes. hear on Allison's show. It's so weird. And I, I, I remember being so excited that Tony was going to be part of Allison's, you know, regularly part of Allison's show. And I am glad that he is he's completely different. Like you wouldn't even recognize the guy because he's just so loose and funny and silly on Felice Navi pod, like just comfortable and silly. And, but on yeah. Allison's, he seems more buttoned up. That's so true. And I'm sorry, Toby, once we get to Thursday, you're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. No. It, it's uh, sorry, it's Toby. fine. I knew you guys had a lot to say. You're just you're just listening to this episode live. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't don't bother downloading it because uh, <laughs> you're getting the experience right now. Yeah, Tony is very different on Feliz Nami Pod, but I I can relate to that as well because 
I always say that I'm a different person when I'm at work because when I'm at work, my only goal is to get the fuck out of work as quickly as possible. So I'm not trying to joke with people. I'm like, I just want to go and do my job so I can leave. So I'm I'm sure it's different for him. I hope he doesn't feel that way on Allison's (laughs) show. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I wonder how he is on that Andrea Savage podcast. I always Um, bring that up like... Like he's a. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed her podcast. She did give him a hard time, and I think it was a little hard for him to keep up sometimes. But, but, uh, but I did enjoy that podcast. I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna have to admit. And it's been. She hasn't been doing it for like a year now. I don't think. But. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy Tony's addition to the show because he seems to be proactive in getting guests for her. Yes. The sloppy boys, uh, this guy, or this guy, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> oh, who? Who are we talking <laughs> Getting Sarah, um, other people that I will well, not he, name. If you look at Felice Navi Pod, he has tons of really good guests. And yes. actually, like he needs to get Vanessa Bayer on Allison's show because she's hilarious. She's from was from SNL. And and she's been on his on Felice Navi pod. I feel like in some ways he's gotten I hate to say this, some bigger guests than than Allison oh, has yeah. had. Yeah. And that's weird to me. Yeah, because of his music connections, he gets mm-hmm. like big names. Yeah. Um I mean obviously people that I don't give a fuck about. But there's still big names still that big would names, give yeah. b- that would be a draw. Yes, exactly. Um but getting back to Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. She mentioned that it's hard to date when she's like a touring musician and that she would have like hour-long conversations with people, but it was like a false intimacy. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's like these two researchers or something came up with these questions that will make anyone fall in love. Are you guys familiar? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. I've heard about this, but I don't. I can't remember what they were. Yeah, I don't know what they are, but they're like questions that just are like super deep questions. And like, yeah, if you are forced to get that intimate with someone, like to talk about the deep, dark stuff that, you know, you don't really talk about with people most of the time, of course, you're going to feel some kind of intimacy with them. So it's funny that she kind of experienced that in her real life just accidentally i guess yeah just because of the situation (laughs) so toby what's the most traumatic thing that ever happened to you fuck me hmm uh probably my head injury i would say (laughs) uh is this dance belt related no it's not i uh when i was in grade one i fell head first off of a playground and uh, fractured my skull and went into a coma and ah, and missed half a year of school. How long wow. were you in a coma? Two days. Okay. So you, you weren't like, you know, waking up from a three-year coma and you were like, uh, someone get me a toothbrush. <laughs> no, nothing like that. <laughs> you know what this reminds me? I was in a coma once as a kid too. A what? couple times. Yeah. Um I like I started having like I think 
when I was like six or seven, I'd start, I would start having seizures and then be in a coma. Like I remember one time I was like really tired and I just went inside and laid on the couch and the next thing I know was in the hospital. And that's when it started for a while. And then after quite some time, they figured out that I was allergic to sulfa drugs and that's what was causing it. Uh, excuse me, a what drug? Sulfa drugs. That's a kind of medicine, like a category of medicine. Is it is it shaped like a couch? No, sulfa. S U L F A. That's not sulfa drugs. <laughs> that's sulfa king weird. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. So hey Toby, I guess we uh yours sounds more traumatic though. Mine I hardly remember and I wasn't in pain. I just worried my parents. Yeah, I think probably mostly the same goes for me. I don't remember it, obviously, but it uh, has been a lifelong journey. So you're still experiencing stuff from it now, then? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> it's a it's complicated. It's not about Sarah Watkins, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Isn't that right? Um, speaking of Sarah Watkins, she has a new album of children's music. And she, she said that the way she picked these songs, it's songs from her childhood that have just stuck with her. If I did an album of, oh, children, no. <laughs> of songs from my childhood that just stuck with me, it would all be 80s Mexican music. <laughs> um, so if you like Los Bukis, um, it would be pretty much that. But oh, Toby, That'd be fun. Make an album Toby, of that for us. <laughs> Toby, is there some music from your childhood that uh, has stuck with you? until now Mm, not from like children's music specifically but there is a song uh that my dad used to sing to my sister and i when we were kids called hang on sloopy i don't know if you know that one it's by the mccoys i do Uh, not anyway so he sang it to us as kids uh and he plays guitar and then as we grew up uh now we sing it all as a family together and i have the, the chords from that tattooed on my leg so Oh wow, that uh, that song is like a family cool. anthem. Well, Leanne, any music? Well, interestingly enough, Edelweiss, which is from Sound of Music and on Sarah's album, very warm memories of my dad singing that to us because he would sing, well, lullabies to us. But that was one of the songs he would sing to us. He had like this book of songs um, that he would sing out of, and that was one of them. So all of us have really memories of that growing up. So I, I, I was meaning to send that song to my sisters because they will, they will, that will be meaningful to them. Um, and, but I think usually my thing is my parents listen to like John Denver and Peter, Paul and Mary and uh, people like the Seekers and Don McLean and uh people like that Simon and Garfunkel so I I I do have um a connection to that kind that music because of I grew up on it I don't know if that's something music I would seek out on my own otherwise but because of growing up on it it's music that I have a pretty big connection to so Sarah's new album is out as of Friday and I took a listen I don't know if it's because it's going to grow on you. 
I, <laughs> I don't know if it's because this is not the kind of stuff I grew up listening to, but none of it really, really, I, I didn't enjoy it. Mm. The, the only song I did like was the original song, which was not a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't know if I'm being nitpicky, but I think I heard some mistakes on the album or maybe just like her her singing had like bits. She mentioned uh, during the show that people are listening for like the little mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of those were left in. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but yeah, this album is it's just not for me. But Leanne, I think what are your I did thoughts? notice there were some there were some things and but I I kind of feel like they were left in on purpose, actually, because if you're sing, and this is my theory about it, and I I guess I'm never going to ask her this because I don't want to be like, what are these imperfections on your album? But um, but I'm wondering if they just decided they weren't going to polish it too much, because if it's supposed to be songs that singing at singing in the nighttime is what kind of what she said at, in the evening, um, you know, singing to your kids, that isn't perfection. You know, when when my dad isn't like a great singer, but it felt really warm and safe and comfortable when he would sing to us, you know, while we were trying to go to sleep. And so I don't know that that's what she was doing, but, and I didn't hear like real imperfections, but there were a couple of times when I was like, huh. Um, even actually on Edelweiss, she doesn't actually sound like herself on that. She's singing in a much lower register than she normally does. And then her daughter, as she mentioned on the show, her three-year-old, is singing on it and that's not you know perfect so um but then there are other songs on there where she sounds perfect like i'm just like wow she hit those notes and it and it definitely and it worked i really did like the album but it is different it's slow it's not there's no like there's it's it's um a soft gentle album so i can see why you know it may not it's not going to be for everybody yeah like like Allison mentioned, she had an album of night songs as a kid that her mom would play for her or something. They, and Sarah mentioned that this is like meant to be played at night. And I was, I'm going to listen to it as I'm getting ready for bed and see if that changes my yeah. opinion of it. It's just, these are not songs I grew up with. Like it's going to be, it's an uphill <laughs> battle for yeah, me. Yeah. Most of them aren't songs I grew up with, just Edelweiss, but um, yeah. And it is, and it is different. I really liked her performance of it on Allison's show. I thought it was actually pretty moving to me. Um, and I didn't actually realize she played guitar. So um, so that was kind of fun too. I mean, it wasn't like it was a hard guitar, you know, part or anything, but I thought it was a very sweet song. And that's probably one of my favorites on the album. Leanne, I'm going to blow your mind right now because Sarah Watkins plays not only the violin or fiddle, and the guitar, and the ukulele, and yes, the mandolin. Ukulele. Oh, I don't think I remembered the mandolin, or maybe, maybe. Oh, there is one song you should check out where she plays a ukulele on her. On I think it's the first or second Nickel Creek album. That's fun called Anthony. You should check, and she sings the solo. Um, she sings the lead. It's a fun song. It's like one of the few songs that she wrote during Nickel Creek definitely check that out yeah it's fun so allison asked about what it was like touring as a mom now uh, of course we know leanne that also 
Aoife has a child and Aoife O'Donovan, uh, her group mate in I'm With Her. And I thought this was a great question because I didn't even think about that when I was watching her at Red Rocks. I wasn't thinking, oh, where is her child? I thought for sure she probably left the kid behind with Todd and he was watching her, but apparently they brought the kids on tour and that seems like uh, a level of hell that I do not want to go through. But Toby, you've got kids. Would you go on a national tour with an infant? Uh, I wouldn't have at the time, but uh, the show that my sister worked on had some musicians that did uh, a few years after I had an infant and they did it quite successfully. I think it just depends. What can't even of, imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, like, when I was out on the road more, it was about sleeping on couches and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, whenever you could, and nights where I was unloading at three in the morning. So I, I don't think it would have worked for that kind of situation. But Well, but, and, and just amazed that they weren't both able to do that because so many women struggle with postpartum things after mm-hmm. and you know that is just amazing to i was thinking that i was feeling really tired just listening to that part <laughs> of the interview because it just imagining it i was just like holy that just i can't even imagine having to be around people all the time and perform and it, run a business basically with you know a baby but i imagine that being able to do it with somebody else and i i really enjoy i didn't know that 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 had happened, you know? So I really enjoyed that part of the interview because that was something that I did learn that was, that was new to me was, you know, how I didn't realize she took um, her baby out on the road and that, you know, they had to, they had to have been really supportive to uh, let for that to be able to happen and that they split the cost of a nanny and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's actually very cool. And, you know, supportive of, yeah, and she mentioned that Each other. it gave her hope for humanity when she started touring because strangers would be like, oh, let me help you with that. At the let airport, me, yeah. Yeah, let me hold your child. Um, again, I am not a parent and I don't think I'll ever be, but Toby, are you constantly, <laughs> were you constantly handing your child off to strangers to uh, get stuff done? Uh, no. Well, I guess at the cottage. Yes, I was a little bit. Uh but uh, I have been the other person uh, on an airplane to Hawaii. I was uh, someone entertaining a child for like seven hours. Whoa. The, of the people who were sitting in front of me, she just couldn't get him to stop crying. But I played peekaboo for a solid three hours and then ran up and down the aisles with him. Wow. He would have been not a baby, but like however old to barely be walking. That's a lucky parent to have you there. Um, that's something that, that's something that my husband would do. Actually, (laughs) that's what Bill would do. Um, at family functions, he's the one playing with the kids. And like, um, I remember two or three Christmases ago when two of my siblings brought their babies and they wouldn't let the babies wouldn't let anyone hold them. So my sisters weren't getting a break. Bill was, they would actually let Bill hold them and, and nobody else. So, you know, I was not that person, but Bill was. <laughs> I wasn't interested in being that person, I'm going to have to admit. 
same um yeah don't don't hand me your kid <laughs> unless you want me to hand it to someone else <laughs> you're like i'll be the go between <laughs> yeah i'm good at passing them off um one thing i like is when someone will kind of turn the tables on the interviewer and sarah asked allison if she was a group person mm. and she mentioned that she wasn't i feel i'm the same way but Allison yeah. made a friend through the Mommy and Me group. And we, we hear about her occasionally, Izzy, mm-hmm. and her son, Rafe. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm not really a group person, unless it's a group I like, like the BFF group. Uh, how are you guys? Uh, no, I always feel lost in a group. Um, and I think some of it might be I because I can't see. So it's kind of like, unless they're including me, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at just joining. Um, but I always think I want to, but then when I'm there, I always feel a little out of place. Unless it's like a, a group of people that I know, you know, pretty well. Hello. Hello again, Leanne. <laughs> just waiting on Toblerone. He probably got tired of not talking, so he left. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, crap. You have like 30 minutes before yeah. you have to leave. Well, oh my God. that's that's okay. I have less to say about this, so Toby will get a chance to talk. Okay, I'm admitting him right now. We'll be balanced. It'll balance out. Oh, God, I hope so. Um, Toby, I just realized we have like 30 minutes with Leanne left, so we need to get a move on. Um, ba, 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 fuck but that. Toby deserves to have much more of the Thursday show. So, yeah, if if you have to leave, we can we can continue without you. But yeah, OK, we need to get to the part where she got to the fan questions mm-hmm. and she started with mine. I asked about Daniel Hyam playing on the Craig Ferguson show when uh sarah performed i was shocked to see that like i said and the answer wasn't great but i think it pretty much told me what i need to know just, <laughs> yeah you know, danielle was around and uh yeah she played i was disappointed was by her answer about vince gill too so don't worry <laughs> um my second question was what oh, is it, uh, how she feels about playing music uh for her husband knowing that he played the talking target <laughs> song I was teeing this up for Tony to play the Talking Target song. Leanne, you know what I'm on about. Oh, um, absolutely. But he did. you did get a chuckle out of both of them. Yes, so. I did. I, I and he that. probably didn't have that Talking Target. He should have inserted it, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved watching it on YouTube to see their reactions. Um, I had a third question. Oh, yeah. When is the I'm With Her music coming out? She, the only thing she said is that it's a band. We're going to mm-hmm. make more music which I'm just happy to hear about. Um, but Leanne, let's get to your questions. What did you uh, ask of Sarah I Watkins? I felt like I squandered my moment because first of all, I should have asked when she's putting out a Christmas album and I forgot all about it. And then I felt like my first question, which I don't quite remember super well now, basically, I basically said that she grew as a solo, solo artist and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I just felt, like when I listened back to it, I was like, ah, oh, that was kind of possibly seemed like a backhanded compliment. 
And, um, and she said, you know, I said, is it because you've grown or as an artist, your talent has grown or because over time and, and, and her answer was right. You know, that I was both and that, and I shouldn't have asked that kind of either, or that was kind of dumb. So I was embarrassed by that question a little bit, but Hey, she was gracious. She answered it. And then I wanted to know about Mandy Moore because I'm a big fan of the show. This is us. And I like Mandy Moore's, um, not teen pop music. Um, so I just thought it was interesting that she played on that album and Mandy did a little bit of, of a kind of like a small, um, I don't think it was a tour, but she did some shows performed for the first time, like in like 20 years, um, because Ryan Adams made her feel like crap about her, her, uh, her singing and stuff. Um, so she stopped, she didn't have confidence, um, for a long time, but she finally last year decided to kind of do music again. And so it was kind of cool that Sarah was part of that. And I liked her answer to that, that, cause that one of my favorite songs on Mandy Moore's album from last year is the one that Sarah's on. So it's kind of cool that Sarah was part of being able to make it, make Mandy feel good about doing that song where as before she felt stuck and didn't, you know, wasn't planning to record it until Sarah and whoever else played on it came along and came up with an arrangement that she ended up liking. So I thought that was a great answer. But then the Vince Gill answer kind of disappointed me, not because of Sarah, but because of Vince, because um, <laughs> Vince Gill's my favorite ever. And he's actually known for being very funny because he is funny. And he's very like when he's um, he's known for funny stories and being very nice. He's known as um, he's kind of known as the guy who just says yes to every charity thing and yes to singing on he's sung on like a zillion people's albums even if you don't know their names um but i've also heard from people who've met him that he is shy which was surprising to me so she kind of confirmed that in a roundabout way in my opinion and that and i wonder if that's some of why she kind of felt like he wasn't really you know getting her jokes or whatever and plus he is like you know 30 years well maybe not 30 but 25 years older than her so but I would have liked to have heard that he was more fun than he sounded like with her yeah I liked uh the answers to your questions I think during the, the first one she mentioned that's when she mentioned that if you're in one band you should be in two because yeah. your role is going to be different and mm -hmm. also um during the second question when she said that uh they were working on some song that she's had for a while and sometimes I'll hear a story where like, oh, this song, you know, we've been working on like this song originally was written like 10 years before it came out. And, you mm -hmm. know, it just didn't sound right. Or for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And then they just keep coming back to it. And eventually it comes out and it's like, it's just an interesting process to hear. about. Yeah. And that's what, that's the song I was referring to that Sarah was part of that helped um, make Mandy feel good about recording or before she just kept kind of putting it away because she wasn't liking how it was coming out. All right. Um, there were some JMOs that they talked about, um, and I want Leanne to have a chance to talk about them as well. Um, Sarah had a JMO that oh, this was a good one. <laughs> she will get an idea of where she at, of where she is, and what's around her. Then she'll close her <laughs> eyes and walk as long as she can. 
Um, I feel like that's been a JMO before, but not something I would do. I don't know. If, I, w- um, I would never do that. Oh, wait, actually, <laughs> I do it all the time. Duh. That was the stupidest thing I've ever said. <laughs> do, you, do you ever do it without um, your cane, though? Yes. I mean, all the time, because I just kind of have a... I mean, it's not a good idea, believe me. But, um, but yeah, I don't bring my cane everywhere... I, with me like if i'm like oh i can make it from here to that place that other place easily i'll not bring my cane but um or i'll just have my cane and just walk without you know putting it down the way i'm supposed to and using it 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 usually doesn't it's usually not a good idea though but 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 actually conceptually no that is not something i would do on purpose like to do it (laughs) have i ever done it yeah. Uh, no, but I was out for a walk when I was listening to this episode. So I did close my eyes. Try it? <laughs> uh, I did try it, and I had a section of sidewalk pretty far ahead of me with no cross streets or anything. Uh, and I got dizzy after about, like, four seconds. So that was <laughs> it for me. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was that was a fun... And I felt like I've heard something like that before, too, Rafi. But I thought that was fun that she does that. And I was not surprised at all that Tony said, nope. Never even thought of doing anything like that. I don't, I, I feel like I have done it, but I don't really do that. Um, the only thing I do that's similar is I'll do the same thing when I'm driving. And before you guys freak out, it's okay. It's totally safe because I drive uh. better when I'm drunk anyway. Um, <laughs> what? Tony, Tony who, was that, a- who was that comedian you guys are talking about um, in a couple episodes ago that had those one-liners? Oh, um, Mitch Hedberg. Yes. Yes. See, I'm not really familiar with him, but that sounds like that would be one of his things. <laughs> what um, you just did there. Yeah, thank you for comparing me to like one of the <laughs> highest, like highly regarded comedians of all time. Tony had a JMO. He said, there are about 700 movies I'd like to watch, but I need to not watch them alone. And I'm not a talk through movies person but for some reason i need another person around to focus anyone have this issue i don't but if i'm alone watching a movie i'm gonna be on my phone like 98 Mm percent of it so it's better to have a person because then you can just like crack jokes to them and actually kind of enjoy the movie more but he doesn't like to talk that's the weird part of it he's not a talk through movies type person but he wants someone there yeah he's a weirdo do you guys do this? No. The thing I, I, I don't, I'm a bad for talking through movies, but uh, I can't if be I'm too. alone, I'm, I'm always on my phone also. So I do, if, if someone else is there, uh, I like, if, the, if it's like an in-depth movie, I like having someone to immediately talk about how I feel about the movie with, mm-hmm. uh, instead of having to go like, you know, seek it out online or whatever. But uh, usually these days I just text my dad and tell him to watch it and he gets back to me like the next day. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, at that I also really enjoy watching things with subtitles for that reason because it makes me focus. If I'm on my phone, I completely miss what's happening. So it, it makes yeah. me focus. I don't need someone else to be there necessarily, but I'm not a big movie person. I'm more of a t- television show person. I will watch movies. Um, but I guess I do really want somebody else to watch it with, but I'm not going to like say they can't talk. I'm more of a talk during a movie person 
which is not great. Not if the other person doesn't talk, but if they do, it doesn't bother me. It's been so long since I've watched a movie that I really have to think about it. <laughs> so they brought back Hey, Go Fuck Yourself. And Sarah wanted to say people who ask her, you know, oh, what else are you working on? Which I thought was <laughs> yeah. a very, very good Hey, Go Fuck Yourself. Because it, it always does seem mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, it's just not enough. But right. it, it really is. I guess yeah. it's good that I haven't asked about the Chris- didn't ask about the Christmas album. Um, <laughs> while she's already putting out an album, like, come on. <laughs> but I liked Tony's. Um, well, I liked her response to Tony's because Tony's was a little bit sycophantish. Is that a word? Um, but you know, him saying that whenever she he sees her uh, play, um, then it makes him not want to play ever again or whatever um, because she's so good. And she, but I liked her response, like. Like that's the that's the worst thing you've ever said to me, <laughs> and you said a lot of terrible things to me. <laughs> that's something. There's there's um a YouTube <clears throat> person that plays the bass, and she is so fucking good that when I watched her, I was like, this would either make you want to start playing uh, yeah, bass, inspire or you, or never want to play the bass because she's that right. good. Um, so yeah, I can kind of relate to Tony's "Hey, go fuck yourself," and I do like that. Um, he sent her one with love, but during yes. this during this part, um, when she was talking about what else are you working on, she mentioned that she feels like the process isn't complete until she actually gets to play the songs. And one of the things I was very excited for moving out here is that I could go see the Watkins Family Hour. <laughs> I can yeah. go see her and her brother play music live like once a month mm-hmm. and that has been taken away from me but I'm mm-hmm. sure soon it will be back did you get to before everything shut down no I yeah. I I mean there were, were, there they were doing it because I got here in November so I right. guess I could have probably seen it December January and February but for whatever reason I just didn't probably because right. I was unemployed um, right and you didn't know everything was going to shut down True. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's why you need to seize the day. Seize the day. As they um, say, Jensen Carp the Diem. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> um, did you guys have anything else from Monday before we get to Thursday? Yeah. The only thing else I had from Monday was that there's uh, there's a Canadian family called the Whiteleys that are similar to the Watkins, like they have a family uh, residency in Toronto when I lived there and they're all multi-talented musicians. And they, the the one, the brother, sister, that are the two main ones are the niece and nephew of Ben Whiteley, the American uh, folk sort of kids singer, or he was, he's passed away now, but. Huh. That's it. That's it. I should check them out then. Um, I, I do have one more thing. To, oh, what's that? Oh, I just think I think you would like them. Yeah, I'll check them out. I do have one more th- thing to mention about the Monday show. It was interesting. I another thing I learned. There was a couple actually other things. She was a- Allison asked asked a couple of probing questions that I don't know if I've ever heard Sarah talk about before. Like I've never really heard her talk about her relationship with Todd really on interviews. And I thought it was interesting 
you know, when she asked, why did you guys break up? And, Mm -hmm. and so to hear her talk about that was something new to me. And I've listened to as many interviews as I've been able to, because I think in some ways she might be a little private. And the other thing was I learned, I assumed that she came from a Christian evangelical family because Chris Steely did. He's not, he's not anymore. He's kind of left that himself. And, and Sarah, Sarah's husband did, and he's also left it. But I, so I just assumed she did as well. And she was homeschooled and stuff like that. But, but from what she's saying, it sounds like they were in the Christian community, but not, you know, the hardcore, um, you know, fire and brimstone part of it. So I thought, and I thought she was very um, diplomatic in how she said her relationship with like, there's, she took some nice stories from it, you know, from the Christian, you know, some of the stories and stuff like that, that mean a lot to her, but you know, she's not, it doesn't seem like that's like a real belief of hers. Yeah. And, and during the um, question about why they broke up and got back together, she had some insightful things to say about that. I, I think my favorite album of hers is young in all the wrong ways. Mm -hmm. And there are like kind of songs on there where I'm like, is this about him? Because I'm like, they're married now. So is it about him? And so now I'm gonna. There was you know. a couple songs that I wondered is it about him. Oh, what what was it called? Dang it, um, like, be there or something like that. Uh, I wish I could remember the name. So well, my uh, well, my favorite song from that album is called "Move Me." Oh I, yes. I'm thinking, is that about him? Mm, no, I think she did say that was like about. And she could, there might be more than one story about that, but I think she, in an interview she, that I read, she talked about that one was inspired by just like people in the music business or something. Um, Cause she like, when she did that album, she, before she did that album, I think she got rid of a lot of her person, her uh, like team and started new. Oh. If I remember correctly, like, um, like different manager and different things like that. I don't want to start rumors if that's not true but i'm pretty sure that's what i read in an interview well with that we should move on to thursday uh we and if you're wondering yes um because last week i hijacked the childish chat segment i also hijacked the whitney c's cues (laughs) segment to give her the week off because you know she got her second vaccine she needs to rest up take a couple of naps so (laughs) on thursday we were her little Nanaimo bars sent in by Joey Wynn. Toby, I wanted you to call in and leave a message, but you're here with us. So tell us, what the fuck is a Nanaimo bar? Have you had them? I'm sure you have. Should I have one? Because it sounds gross. Uh, so I thought Alicia did a fairly good job of explaining layers, but the ones that I've had, and my mom had a really good recipe for them, or at least I thought. So I grew, I did grow up with them uh, and I really enjoy them the way she explained it is was a coconut bottom right and then a custard layer and then chocolate on top which is true but uh, have you ever had a haystacks which is like the chocolate coconut cookie thing um I've had those the haystack that um was sent in as a carb and was completely a butterscotch haystack and it was uh completely horrendous okay well haystack i'm not a I coconut have. person so that anything with coconut i'm out 
All right. Well, you probably would hate a Nanaimo <laughs> roast then because they do have a coconut sort of uh, chocolate base, but it's like a crumble that's held together with like a, like a you know, like a graham crust is sort of, you press it into the bottom of a pie pan or whatever. That's like this. It's a chocolate coconut crumble on the bottom. And then like a, she said like icing or frosting, but it to me, it's nothing like that because it's not that sweet, the middle. Uh, I always thought of it as sort of like a banana cream custard, but uh, <laughs> fuller, like maybe if you mixed custard with icing sugar to get like a denser uh, layer. And then the top was a very thin uh, layer of maybe melted chocolate chips with butter or something to make it so that it was smooth, but not hard. And the, she, the one she explained had like a hard top, which I picture you biting into and the hard part sort of pressing through the middle layer, but not the ones that I have ever had. Uh, to me, they're sort of like a chocolate and then yeah, like a vanilla banana flavor uh, and then a coconut chocolate bottom. And I really like them, but I will, uh, I, I have my mom's recipe book uh, that I got a few years after she passed. So if I can find the recipe, I will post it in the Facebook group. So then Alicia also mentioned a Hello Dolly bar. And again, I was like, what in the fuck is that? I've never heard of that either. I haven't. <clears throat> I feel like there, there are like so many things that, you know, it, it's called one thing here and one thing over there. And if I find out that a, a Hello Dolly bar is just like an ice cream sandwich or something, I'm going to be really <laughs> upset. Yeah, it probably is something ridiculous. But let me see. Seven layer bar, it's called graham cracker crumbs, butter, sweetened condensed milk, semi sweet chocolate chips, walnuts, white chocolate chips, shredded coconut. Mm. That sounds odd. So, again, with a graham cracker sort of a crust bottom. And I also don't like walnuts. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, I could see how this would be similar because they you put the condensed milk over the graham cracker crust. And then chocolate chips, walnuts, coconut, and white chocolate chips over the top of that. And then press the chocolate and mm. stuff into the... It sounds crust. like this this could be good, much like the Nanaimo bar. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what Lisa comes up with for the next... I know, BFF she's going to be doing that, up. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Alicia's not a fan. I, but it seems like she is not a fan of anything, really, because she didn't really care for s'mores either. Um, oh, right. Or Hershey. <laughs> yeah, I I think I've had a s'more once and I was not really a fan. Now, before I get but to Allison my... was really against s'mores and <laughs> I disagree with Allison, but I disagree with her on most food things. So, yeah, before it I must get be into... how those conservatives feel when they hear her talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> before I get to my hatred of uh, Hershey's, um, Leanne, tell us more about your uh, dislike of s'mores no i love s'mores sorry your love of s'mores and i don't like i don't like um i don't like marshmallows but i love roasted marshmallows so if they're roasted on a fire they are messy though so they're not it's funny that you usually eat them with a group of people because it's kind of embarrassing for me too because they are quite messy but i think that they're, they're quite tasty and that's all i have to say about it Toby, you spend a lot of time at a cabin. Um, are you making s'mores constantly? As a vegan, can you even have a s'more? Oh, yeah. 
Yes, so this, I had a lot of thoughts about s'mores here uh, and how wrong Allison has gone about mm-hmm. having them. So I don't think she's, uh, yes, s'mores happen all the time. And there okay. is a type of marshmallow called dandies, which uh, are completely vegan and they come and re- react the same way that normal ones do. So you can roast them and you can uh, make rice crisps crispy squares out of them, all the same stuff you can do with the regular marshmallows. But my complaint was that she, first of all, she was talking about a beach, which just as seems- I've never like had I, them I at a beach. I guess I have mine on a beach, technically, because our fire pit is beach adjacent, but it's not really. No, um, it's a camping thing. Yes, and she also talked about like cooking the- marshmallow over the flames which in my experience you only ever cook the marshmallows once the fires down to coals which are actually hotter but way more controlled for cooking uh and if you are going to make your s'more with the roasted marshmallow uh they suggest arrow bars do you have arrow bars there never heard of it i've heard of them but i don't know what they are it's like an aerated chocolate or do you have mirage bars no, I've never heard of that. Okay, jeez. Well, oh, actually, I, I think <laughs> I think I may have seen these arrow bars somewhere. It's I've heard of them. Familiar. So they have a thin outside layer of chocolate. The middle is chocolate bubbles, so it's like aerated chocolate. But when you bite in, you can see all the bubbles. <laughs> so if you're going to use the heat from the marshmallow only, you need to use a soft aerated type of chocolate because it melts very easily like it melts in your hands if it's a summer day that kind of and that's what you need if you want to ha- use just the marshmallow but if you don't do that my suggestion is to like if you're using like a solid milk chocolate bar you put an uncooked marshmallow or a slightly toasted marshmallow in the sandwich and then you wrap it in tin foil and put it in the coals and flip it once and then that'll toast the marshmallow and melt the chocolate at the same time Oh, never known of it done that way, but that sounds nice and clean. <laughs> it, it's much easier. Than yeah. Trying to get the melted marshmallow on the thing after. Yeah, I like that better. Yeah, that's anyway. So I uh, made my notes about that as uh, as she was talking about the s'mores. I was like, well, this is. I know She's a lot doing of people it all wrong. It. Yeah, well, and, and I know I've heard people have that issue with the the uh, texture difference between like a chocolate bar and a melted marshmallow. So that to me alleviates it. So I'm okay with the texture difference. So my problem with s'mores is you have the graham cracker, which is hard. And then everything else is like soft. So when you go to take a bite, it's going to smush all the soft out. It's like, if you've ever had a ice cream sandwich where like the sandwich part is the like a cookie and it's like Mm. super fucking hard and you go to take a bite and it just like wants to squeeze the ice cream out. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. how is that enjoyable for anyone? Well, Mm -hmm. that, that part is the part I don't love, but I like the taste of it. And plus I've never had sand in mine. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's cause uh, you're not a West coast gal. Like, uh, like our Allison over here. Yeah. And Um, it it makes me laugh whenever she says she doesn't like the beach because that's where Daniel proposed to her was on the beach. I'm like, Daniel. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My thing about Hershey's chocolate, if we're going to ignore the child slavery 
in, involved in them and their chocolate production. I'm just going to say the flavor itself is just not that good. Maybe if I had a s'more with a higher quality chocolate, I would enjoy it. But um, yeah, fuck Hershey's. The only good thing to ever come out of Philadelphia or I'm sorry, not Philadelphia, out of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. other than Gritty is Lauren Kelly. And uh, that's all there is to it. Well, there are some other Pennsylvanians in, in the Best Friends fan cast group. Other than so, Jeff? Who? So the, who was the person who um, in the best who posted about the Hershey um, someone recently. Laura? Ah, was it <laughs> Laura? Um, yes. Thank you. She's from Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, she's one of the good ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Laura, Lauren, you know, both of them. I've noticed that, you know, sometimes with this show, uh, Allison's show, that is mm-hmm. Allison's life. It, basically, the show is what is going on in Allison's life, and then the guests just have to react to it. So she mentioned mm-hmm. that she sleeps with a heat pad. <laughs> and I was like, is this a good show topic? And then Allison made it even worse by making the absurd analogy that she's like a boy who can't masturbate without lube. Yeah, that um, was weird. What? I was like, what? Leanne, do you think that Allison should buy another heat pad, which she already <laughs> did, yeah. or should she wean herself off and try to sleep, uh, you know, without it? Well, as it seems dangerous to have to to do that, and is she she's using a heat pad and not like a heated blanket. I think somebody didn't realize it was a. I feel like one of them thought she was talking about a heated blanket. And I don't remember which one, but I got the impression by something they said that they thought she was talking about a heated blanket. But anyway, that was Alicia, but yeah, yeah. So you th- you heard that too. I so did, I don't. Yeah. I thought the heating pad is a little bit different. But as somebody with my own sleep issues, and I have to like fall asleep in the living room and then go to bed. Just going to bed, I can't ever fall asleep. I I say whatever you have to do to get yourself to sleep, do it. Because I fall asleep, listen to a podcast, then I wake up. When I wake up, I go to bed. <laughs> and that's weird. And not probably the, what people would think is the best way to do it. But if I if I just want to lay there awake, then I can go to bed first. But I'm not going to fall asleep. Toby, do you think Allison should continue her lubed up masturbatory uh, heat pad ways? <laughs> or should she... Uh, go dry for a while until she can learn to sleep without it. Um, well, that's a tough one uh, because I think I generally agree that whatever you need to do to get yourself to sleep is whatever. I mean, I think everyone has some sort of, uh, sleep issues at one point or another and uses medication or weighted blankets or whatever it is to fall asleep or they only need uh, can fall asleep a certain way so I've, whatever you need but uh whether that makes for good pod i don't know well you know that's kind of what she does and i feel like a lot of chat shows do that you know to just kind of talk about something in their life mm-hmm. <laughs> i will say though that when i think of california i don't understand any of you people who would need extra heat <laughs> like that's just weird to me like people who are wearing pants and and long sleeve shirts and sweaters in in California, I just don't understand. And then needing a heating pad to go to sleep at night, 
there's no way i there are nights here in the summer or most of the summer i couldn't i i don't even want to use a blanket i am i'm with you leanne because coming from colorado i was like these Californians are a bunch of fucking creeps. Who is walking outside in like an 80 degree day with <laughs> exactly. a hoodie on? That just makes then, me angry. But during the quote unquote winter, you know, I would have my, my bathroom window open and at night it would get a little chilly and I would turn on the heat and I was like, oh my word, I don't even recognize myself anymore. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I don't see myself when I, I don't see myself. I understand back. why you don't. Yeah, that's 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 insane. Alicia is doing some spring cleaning. She said she's not a minimalist, but uh, I don't consider myself really a minimalist. But I still feel like I have too much stuff. Need to get rid of some stuff. Toby, how are you with that? Yeah, I have a I have a lot of stuff uh, as well. Although I keep the main living areas clean. When you live, you know, you have kids and stuff. Everyone has their own space and uh as well takes up a bit of the common areas uh and that starts to add up over time just between all kinds of stuff yeah i imagine having kids makes it much worse leanne how are you with your spring cleaning do you need to get rid of some stuff oh yes a lot but i imagine not as much as allison needs to i would i'm almost to the point where i would pay her to get to clean her house. Mm-hmm. I know. It kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> whenever I see her Instagram videos, I see like boxes piled up and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I really wish, I don't know. It gives me anxiety seeing people's messes. But then to be fair, like I mentioned on the previous show, my kitchen is where I Your throw all my house. crap. So I'm, I'm sure I should, uh, you know, I should probably uh, <laughs> clean out my own kitchen first before I go. <laughs> that is the, how the saying goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take the moat out of your own kitchen or the beam out of your own kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, sayings that we're all very familiar with, uh, the farmer's hello. Toby, when's the last time someone did the old farmer's hello to you? The, the farmer's hello? Oh, you're not familiar? No. It's when uh, there's a handful of honey and someone shakes oh, right. your yeah, hand sorry. or something like that. <laughs> right, I forgot about that. Uh, and then I have to go home and have a handful of honey. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a while. Yeah. So Dr. Jen uh, was texting about this part. She said that Josh and Alicia are the new Dave and Wendy. And I was really offended because it was they joked about it a little bit but it was over in like a minute if it was Dave and Wendy it would have been like nine and a half minutes of me pulling my (laughs) hair out see I love Dave and Wendy but I will say I did enjoy Josh and uh Alicia I even thought Alicia's voice sounds a little bit like Wendy actually a little bit yeah a little less nasal to her voice I think because mm-hmm. Wendy can get a little bit like in her in her head, like head voice. Yeah. Um, but I did. I thought they were a good duo, and I wasn't sure. You know, I enjoyed Alicia, and I like Josh, although his voice sometimes can be a little bit. I get used to it after a while, but when I first hear it each time, you know, because it is very nasally. Yeah. Um, but 
I do enjoy. I do. The first time I ever heard of Josh Gondelman was actually on Jesse Thorne's Bullseye um, podcast when he did the best of he does. They do like the best of comedy each year. And I heard a snippet of his stand up for that year. And I was like, that was funny. And so then I've kind of followed him ever since. Nice. Yeah, I know of Josh from Allison's show and they um, and he was a writer, I think, on. Oh my God, what's his name? The guy with glasses, John Oliver's late night show. But then he was stolen away from him by Jesus and Marrow, which mm. we'll talk about in a little bit. But first, <laughs> Alicia mentioned, or they they started talking about the fact that pranks have gone down. And Alicia mentioned that she's done some good pranks in her day. And I was like, oh okay, my gosh, I the need pranks. To, I was like, I need to hear this because as we all know, uh, Canadians are so nice like I can't imagine her playing a mean (laughs) prank that was like so good on someone but then she mentioned the bike prank and I thought I thought at first she said you know this girl had her bike it got stolen or whatever and then she had her parents buy her the identical bike and then she put it in the girl's driveway and I was like how's that a prank that's the nicest thing ever and then (laughs) the girl comes out and then she's like oh yeah by the way that's my bike yeah I was like that is so fucked up yep that that really surprised me and I didn't feel like people leaned on that as hard as I would have I feel like other people would have really given her a hard time for it they came back to it a little bit later but I kind of felt like at first they kind of let it go I think yeah. maybe everybody was shocked <laughs> yeah I think so yes I thought it was really funny though oh yeah. okay you Canadians are little rascals then huh yeah yeah we we show uh, what was it that they said earlier that people say Canadians are nice but um, but she, what did Alicia, Alicia actually said say? That, polite. Yeah, she said that Americans are nicer, but Canadians are polite or something. That's like what that. it was. You guys probably already talked about that, but yeah. No, not no, yet. we did. You like, like you literally didn't miss anything because I had to use the restroom <laughs> and make another drink, so oh, okay. you didn't miss anything. Great. Um, um, but yeah, so I thought that was interesting. But that that prank, Toby, you thought that was funny. I <sighs> thought it was so mean. I was shocked. <laughs> What was I, so bad for that kid. I probably would have done something like that and then be like, no, just kidding. You can have it. But like, <laughs> right. See, that would have been a better ending to that story. <laughs> and what was the other prank? She said her parents did? put her up to it. <laughs> um, do you guys remember what the other prank was? Because I feel like it was oh. not as bad. Not as bad, but also not very nice. What was it? I don't remember. I think it was Josh or maybe it was Tony. Oh, dang. Uh, I swear. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Um, I thought she had another one. Yeah, she did. And it was kind of mean as well, but not as bad as the bike one. (laughs) Now I can't remember. Well, anyway, Allison mentioned that her show kind of has seasons. And I I never (laughs) thought of it that way, but it's a fairly accurate description. Yeah. There was... Like there was the time when she was trying to get pregnant and she was going through a lot of IVF mm-hmm. stuff. Then there was termite update stuff. You know, so, there's, there's. Um, some seasons are stronger boards. than others. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Thursday gang seasons and the, the mm-hmm. in Corolla seasons. And-, mm-hmm. and currently they are in the season of thongs. 
And yes. I mentioned briefly last week that Toby had some stuff to say about dance belts. And since you're on the show, I feel like uh, what better time than now? Toby, take it away. Oh, I really don't have any more to say about dance belts than I already said. I sent Lisa the video and uh, a couple of pictures. Oh, pardon? Not I of not... the dance song, of the circus stuff. I have not seen any of this. So, Elizabeth, you've got some splaining to do. Well, I sent them to her, but I can send them to you too. That's just between him and that's just between him and Lisa. Yeah, Rafi. So, Toby, are you the mysterious emailer who I wasn't, but I knew that would come up. No, (laughs) about wearing thongs because he got a sweaty butt during exercise. Mm. Uh, no, that's not me. That's who we needed to get on here. <laughs> I, I, I find that uh, my boxers are moisture wicking enough when I exercise or ride bikes, so I'm okay. So Allison said, well, if the, you know, if the fabric gets sweaty, why would you want to put that up your butthole? That's the thing with the thong. The, the part that gets sweaty is the part covering the cheeks. So, you know, yeah. the, the, the other part is completely fine. Um, is this in defense know. of the thong? Rafi? Yes. I mean, I have never worn one, but mm-hmm. I can assume that's what the writer was trying to convey to her. But speaking of emailers, our very own Marcy wrote mm. in to Childish, apparently, to talk about the BFF <laughs> group. And I'm, I'm very happy that we got a mention. A shout out. Mm-hmm. We didn't get mentioned on Monday by name. We did mm. get mentioned on Thursday show. We can't, we can't have everything. True. But Marcy did, in the BFF group, uh, we mentioned last week that there were some photos of people in thongs. And Marcy was one of these people. And she talked about, you you know, she said, do I have a shallow butt? Yes or no? And I think what I mentioned on the last time this came up was that if, if the thong is migrating, like Nevada said, Nevada, sorry, is it's because you don't have enough butt cheek. The waistband will slip down and the, the thong is going to migrate. But apparently Marcy doesn't have that problem um, because she loves thongs. I don't know if there's much else to say here, though. Yeah, I don't have much. I don't have anything to say about thongs. They do sound like they'd be uncomfortable to me, but I've never tried them. So you must be the only Mormon because apparently uh, they're very popular with your Apparently, community. I was like, really? So they started talking about Birkenstocks and shiny clothing, like metallic clothes in general. And the only reason I wanted to bring this up, I'm not a fan of Birkenstocks. I know like hippie people, and I think they're popular in the lesbian community as well. Shout out to Megan and Jess. But there was a metallic duffel bag with like a rainbow strap that was on a sponsor of Allison's. And I can't remember who it was, but Lisa bought oh. it for Allison. Yeah. And they filled it up with like gifts. And at the book, uh, book reading, they gave it to her. Uh-huh. And so now we know that uh, she's never going to use it because she uh, doesn't like metallic things, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, but didn't she buy that because that was something that Allison specifically mentioned on yeah, she, as something she, she liked? Yeah, I think she said that she like looked at it on the website all the time 
Right. But now we know she doesn't like it. So who knows? Hashtag, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we have to make that exact conclusion, but I, I don't know. Only jumped con- conclusion. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I can well, see why you jumped to that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, um, but do you guys have any thoughts on Birkenstocks, metallic um, clothing? In I really general? want some because they. I hear they're so comfortable, and I have the worst time with um my. I I have terrible feet. I feel like like it hasn't been diagnosed, but <laughs> if I stand on my feet for too long, they always ache, or walk on them for too long, they ache, and so and and I feel like too long isn't very long because nobody else is complaining about their feet um so and in the summer i i want to wear sandals because my feet get hot easily and so i wish i had birkenstocks and i was just telling bill because of this conversation i'm like i don't know maybe i just want to get birkenstocks alicia was so was so uh enthusiastic about the about them people who wear them i think they love them so i think it's because of the cork uh footbed part you know i think it it gets comfortable after you break it in a little bit yeah um but i know they're controversial because a lot of people love them and a lot of people don't like the way they look that's what it seems to be about is how they look for some people that don't like them i have a problem with sandals in general any footwear that shows the foot showcases the foot it's not for me i don't want to see your feet I understand that I don't want to show my feet, but my feet get so hot. I just need sandals in the summer. We need to and then get I just you, don't really need, care about anybody else. <laughs> we need to get you some athletic shoes that like have airflow. Cause I actually recently just bought new work boots or work shoes. I guess they are from Red Wing. And but wouldn't like, I have to buy, wear socks then? <laughs> you don't have to necessarily, but like they're, they're like essentially mesh and very flowy like if there's a breeze you can feel it <laughs> through mm, your feet interesting my work really... shoes are like that too huh yes um, i have two pairs one from columbia not the country that comes <laughs> and uh one from a6 i believe and yeah they're both like a nice mesh top but a very firm solid bottom which makes it easier that's to what i would need yeah, so yeah i I also have some Nike running shoes that I uh, don't wear anymore, but they are also like mesh uppers. And when you're running, it's like, uh, like your feet get cold. <laughs> it's, it's shocking how, how well they work. Um, moving on from that. Yeah. We get to the part where Alicia said that Canadians are polite, but Americans are, are nicer, which I think is something that is kind of surprising to me because all we hear about Canada is how everyone is so nice, but she thinks that Americans are nice. It's just that Canadians are polite. Toby, um, I need to know, are you actually nice or are you just polite? <laughs> I think the, the service industry in the States has really done a good job of being like over the top nice to the patrons and that is not something that is a big as yeah alicia mentioned that and that surprised me i didn't know that yeah it's not i think it's partially because uh a lot of especially in restaurants and stuff super tip driven there and it is here too but i we have a higher or we did for a long time yeah (laughs) so i think people rely less on tips 
uh, although things, you know, have not exactly kept up with inflation here. So it's becoming a bit of a problem. But it, I think that is sort of what drove the initial uh, customer service way of being our hard ass bosses and needing the tips. Uh, and my dad had, I wrote it here, my dad always had a saying that he would take a single American over one Canadian, but a group of Canadians over a group of Americans every time. Uh, because huh. he always thought that the way that the hive mind in America worked led to worse things than the hive mind in Canada, which generally we get together and take care of each other. You know, we social welfare is a pretty big thing here. So, yeah, I think I January think. 6th kind of proved that here in the U.S. Yeah. True. yeah. Um, my brother-in-law is Canadian and I don't find him very nice or polite. And <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to listen to this, but. So, but if you listened, like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, like I know. Very much. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, kind of full of it, like mansplaining all the time. And I don't know. I feel bad saying that because my sister's not like that at all, but he's kind of like that. But most Canadians I know are, I've always thought were nice and polite, so. Well, uh, Lauren, you know, she came up to Toronto uh, one weekend and she was amazed to see that I stopped to help like a, people in the mall to help them find what they where they needed to go. And she was like, people don't do that here. And I was like, oh, really? That's, I don't know. I but think people always that... ask me for directions and where stuff is in stores. And I always answer because for some reason. Mm. In Bangor, Maine, they would do that. Uh, that's right. That so I think it might depend on the place because yeah, we've we get directions from each other all the time. I mean, in Maine, it is famous for saying, "Well, you can't get there from here," but you know, oh, yeah. when you're asking <laughs> for directions, that is a real thing sometimes. <laughs> that's that is a thing people say here too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so they got into some more JMOs on Thursday. One of my favorite things that Allison has been doing is that she will ask the guests to come like up that. with some JMOs yeah. of their own, like and the uh, the other things that the hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> other segments yeah <laughs> so alicia said that she will save a little bit of toothpaste at the end of the oh, tube right. for emergencies this was something that i had a lot of trouble with because on the one hand i so i on one episode i mentioned that <laughs> there's a saying buy once cry once yes <laughs> there's also another saying that i think about a lot which is two is one and one is none so if you have one of something if something happens to that one you're fucked so you need to have multiples of certain things like it's popular in like survivalist type of communities but it's something i think about a lot and on on that if, if I'm thinking of it that way, then I would totally agree. But she's literally talking about like the last squeeze of toothpaste. Right. And that to me just seems wasteful and just, just use it. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do? I don't do what that. And I agree with you. It seems really odd, but I will take towards the end of the toothpaste, not like the very end. And I'll just put it in my travel bag. Ah, so my emergency toothpaste is my travel-sized toothpaste. Mm. So I 
I never have this problem like her because I'm not going to save a an almost empty full size tube of toothpaste. Just I don't want to buy travel size; they're more expensive bit. for a smaller thing. True. I actually got mine because of my Quip toothbrush thing. They were like included oh. in there, so yeah, I don't I don't uh, often buy the travel sizes, but yeah. Toby, how are you with tiny amounts of things? I'm I'm sort of uh, I've, I've grown to be like you, where as soon as I open something, then I I get the replacement for it right away when I break the seal on a new dish soap or a toothpaste or whatever like that. Uh, but my dad is a big fan of putting toothpaste in Christmas stockings and uh, like travel size ones. So I have like maybe 10 of them in my drawer upstairs and I bring one to the cottage whenever I go up there and I, it is my reserve. Can't believe I forgot to buy toothpaste. Toothpaste. But not the last drop of any tubes. Yeah. As soon as I, I have I, any trouble squeezing it, I like run the toothbrush along it to push it up. And then once I do that, once it's over. Oh, I use the last drop. Like I will, what, what one weird thing I'll do, I guess, is I'll use it the last squeeze of it that possible, but I will put out a new one for the other people in my house. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know they're, they're not going to want to use the last, but I don't want it to be wasted. Yes. I have some item, household items that are like that. I'm I'm more like you, Leanne. Like my toothpaste, <laughs> like you would think it's empty, and I am no, squeezing. No, you can still get more. Yes. Yeah. I am pushing my thumb through yep. it as hard as like it hurts yep. me, but I'm like I'm going to get every drop out of here That's that me. I can. <laughs> yep. Um, the only thing I've never done is like cut the tube and just stick my oh I've never done that in there no. and like brush it up that way. I haven't done that either, but I will squeeze to the last little whatever comes out. Yes. But I know that like my kid and my husband aren't going to do that and they'll just throw it away. So I just put out a new one. Well, I would say they throw it away. That's funny. They don't throw away anything. Um, Not use it. Yeah. They just would be like, we need more toothpaste. I can't get more out, but I want to use the rest of whatever's left. Same. Josh had a JMO. He said that for low stakes passwords, he will just forget it and make a new one every time. This was, um, I think if I was on the show, I would have probably gotten a little bit upset because then what's the point of making the password in the first place? You need to do what I do and in your notes app, have a locked note that just says passwords and every time you make a new one you add it in there your username and the password and not live like an animal See? where you're like yeah i have a password but you know what i'm just gonna do a new one every time i have a productive document as well that i do that with but what's a nice way for me to put this i don't see at least i don't see allison doing that <laughs> she doesn't seem very meticulous no but not that I'm meticulous, store... but I would take the time to do do that kind of thing where I don't know that she would. Yeah, that's fair. I know I this think... is Josh we were talking about, but still. Yeah, I, I feel like Allison would be the kind of person who like writes it down on a post-it and then the post-it mm-hmm. gets lost in a drawer or under right. a book or something and yep. it's never seen again. Um, also, Josh said that he doesn't use the fake 
facial recognition, but he uses the the thumb finger ID thing to unlock his phone. And one thing I thought was funny is he said that his phone thinks he's a very advanced pug. Because <laughs> <laughs> he takes so many pictures of his dog. Right. That's funny. I thought that was funny. That was funny, yeah. Um, we had a JMO from the Clevelander. He said, walking in socks outside is disgusting. And then walking, coming back inside, but walking barefoot outside and then coming back in is totally okay. I totally understood what he meant. And I will say it kind of drives me nuts when, when the guests or Allison even, but it seems to be the guests more hear a JMO and totally clearly aren't getting it. And I just wanted like, come on, that's not what they meant. And that's what happened here too. I think they, they finally figured out, but it took them a while. Well, Leanne, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think anyone that walks outside in socks or barefoot is an animal. Well, I agree. I have no interest in doing that. But if I walked outside in bare feet for a second to, for some reason, not something I would normally do, but let's say I did, I wouldn't feel like I had to like go scrub my feet. But if I walked outside in socks, I'd come back in and take off those socks. Toby. I'm sure the streets in Canada are much cleaner, but what are your (laughs) thoughts on this? Uh, I'm barefoot basically the whole time I'm at the cottage, Uh, but at home it's shoes when I go outside. Although a couple of years ago I was doing some trimming in my backyard and I didn't wear shoes and I stepped on a stick and I ended up in the emergency room. So (laughs) dang. Yeah. I, I don't walk. I don't wear socks or shoes inside my house, but I'm like the opposite of Tony, but I don't walk outside in bare feet. Toby, I don't uh, wish ill on anyone, especially you, but it sounds like God was sending you a message. (laughs) Oh, you know what? It did teach me not to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I I have these um, like house shoes, if you know what house shoes are, um, like little slipper cheap little slipper things that Lisa and them got me for my housewarming out here as Lisa calls them Compton creepers and I wore them outside once to I think throw out my trash or something and I, even that I felt weird going out in something that light and flimsy um, that I won't do it again only complete shoes if I'm walking outside that is absurd um, we also had a JMO from our very own Ray Morgan. Can't take a shower with a full stomach. And on Twitter, I saw that Megan was like confused by this. And um, I, I, I kind of think I get where he's coming from. And yeah, I don't think I would want to, like they said, with a, a Thanksgiving belly full of food, you know, you don't want to get in the shower. But I'm curious yeah. if you guys. I wonder agree. which one he meant, if he just meant a full stomach or if he meant like a gluttonous stomach like an ever a normal full stomach or if he means like he doesn't want to take a shower after he's eaten or if he's super full i wonder which one he meant I, ray i kind of took it like like they said like you if you are fucking stuffed to the brim like the last thing you want to do is you know even right. get i feel out. like that would be everyone though so that's why i wonder if that's what he meant i don't know i don't know yeah Toby, how are you with uh, showering on a full or empty stomach? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think about it too much, to be honest. I, uh, when I need to shower, I just 
do it for the most part. The part for me is I shave my head two or three times a week. So when I have to also do that, it takes me a lot more to go up and do it, even though it actually only takes me like five minutes to accomplish that. Somehow the additional five minutes feels like, an seems hour. like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Same. Um, I, you shave your head more often than I shave my face, but with the, like the once a week that I have to shave my face, I'm like, fuck, why, like, why didn't I do this yesterday? Like, oh, I gotta do it now. <laughs> yeah. And it literally takes three minutes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I think because I, much like Tony, if I'm going to shower, it's usually pretty early in the morning. I, I haven't had much to eat, if anything. So yeah, I, I, I get it, Ray, but I feel like he might need to call in and explain himself a little mm. more. Um, at some point during the JMOs, Allison started talking to Josh about Jesus and Marrow, his show that he writes on. They recently won a WGA award, and he mentioned, you know, Jesus and Marrow on Sunday and Thursday. And I wanted to correct him. It is Susio Sunday and Yours Day. I'm sure he just had a slip of the tongue there. Um, yeah, I suggested Jesus and Marrow be on Allison's show like five, maybe six years ago. And uh, yeah, it was a real missed opportunity. Um, again, much like with uh, Jensen and Sarah, you know, my suggestions are just the best for her show and she just doesn't listen. And I don't know why. I've got, uh, I don't think I've booked anybody on her. Sh- like, I I think I've suggested a couple people that have made it, like Michael Ian Black and someone else. I know there was one that, I guarantee was because of you, but I don't remember who it I can't was. I don't remember who it was either, but there was at least one or two back in the day. I don't really haven't had much luck at, in a while besides Sarah, I guess, but that wasn't us. That was because Tony asked her because yes, if she won. <laughs> the, the, annoying, the annoying thing is that I, you know, we like brought it up to her when she, Allison was on Feliz Navipod, but then mm-hmm. I totally forgot about it until I was like, oh shit, her album is going to come out i need to tell allison and then i go and tell her and she's like oh yeah she's already booked for this date and i was like oh great that's quite a surprise i was like wow good for tony but um yeah thanks tony i yeah i just wanted to bring that up because jesus and marrow won a writer's guild award and uh i like that oh good for them i like that josh (laughs) and his wife uh were getting drunk as if it was like a real award show even though they already know you know, what was going to happen. And it's funny because on Jesus and Mero also have a podcast called the Bodega Boys and on the podcast and sometimes even on the show, like they, they bring up Josh and they talk about how he's just like a super nice guy. Like even when they're making fun of him, they, they just mention how he's like a nice guy. And he, he mentioned that, you know, people think I'm Canadian because I'm so nice. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. That's a nice, uh, that's a good thing to, you know, for people to associate you with is just being a nice it dude. Is. Yeah. I mean, the way, what they do for their dog, that shows that he's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't really have anything else for Thursday. Do you guys have anything else before we end this very long show? I do the not. One, uh, the one thing I wrote down is that 
people from other countries that think that Hershey's tastes like baby vomit is because uh, a process that creates something called butyric acid, which is something that other chocolate companies in the America have tried to replicate Hershey's. It's the same acid that makes Parmesan cheese have that sort of footy flavor. It's, it's that same thing. And that process is not used in other parts of the world to make chocolate. And that's why some people have a problem with Hershey's. Interesting. I've never heard that Hershey's tastes like baby vomit before. I've heard of the waxy, the waxy thing, but. Well, the waxy thing, I thought, are, do they just mean tempered chocolate? Because that's like 90% of chocolate. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I watch more cooking shows than I should uh, for someone who does not know how to cook Same, anything. Yeah, I enjoy cooking shows, even though we don't like to cook <laughs> or have any talent in that area. Yeah, same. Which, speaking of, I need to uh, get to ordering something for dinner because I am starving. All I'm right. I've got 2% battery, so it's a good time to Okay, yeah, I had get, get going too. But thank you, Rafi. This is fun. Yes, um, thank you both. Sorry, for being thank you, Toby, for, for letting me talk so much. Oh, no, it was important that you I guys... Always, I always talk too much on these things. <laughs> Every time I kick myself. Well, thank you both for being on. Um, Toby, where can we find you if we want, if you want to be found? If we want to. <laughs> if, if we want. Um, you know, I'll probably start posting some videos up on the music page on Instagram, Lost Property Music is that one, uh, all one word. Or you can follow my Finsta at Scar, S-K-A-A-R official, because she's great too. And Leanne, where can you be found? Uh, I guess you can find me on Twitter at Leanne M Ward. That's L E E A N N. Um, and um, I think that's my yeah. And really though, you can find me in the Best Friends Fan Cast Facebook page because that's one of my favorite places. And you can find me at my Finsta at Lauren Two by Two, and uh, you can find Lisa at. J Mo's and BFFs. No, at BFF Lisa Lowry. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to be on the show, uh, you know, get in contact, but no one does. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with Lisa. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah,